Hello and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Thanks again to our worship team for leading us in that wonderful time of worship. Today, our morning devotion brings us to Psalm 109. Let me begin by reading all 31 verses of Psalm 109 from the ESV. It says, Be not silent, O God, O my praise, for wicked and deceitful mouths are open against me, speaking against me with lying tongues. They encircle me with words of hate and attack me without cause. In return for my love, they accuse me, but I give myself to prayer. So they reward me evil for good and hatred for my love. Appoint a wicked man against him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him come forth guilty. Let his prayer be counted as sin. May his days be few. May another take his office. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children wander about and beg, seeking food far from the ruins they inhabit. May the creditor seize all that he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his toil. Let there be none to extend kindness to him, nor any to pity his fatherless children. May his posterity be cut off. May his name be blotted out in the second generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. For he did not remember to show kindness, but pursued the poor and needy and the brokenhearted to put them to death. He loved to curse. Let curses come upon him. He did not delight in blessing. May it be far from him. He clothed himself with cursing as his coat. May it soak into his body like water, like oil into his bones. May it be like a garment that he wraps around him, like a belt that he puts on every day. May this be the reward of my accusers from the Lord, of those who speak evil against my life. But you, O God, my Lord, deal on my behalf for your name's sake, because your steadfast love is good. Deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is stricken within me. I am gone like a shadow at evening. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting. My body has become gaunt with no fat. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they wag their heads. Help me, O Lord, my God. Save me according to your steadfast love. Let them know that this is your hand. You, O Lord, have done it. Let them curse, but you will bless. They arise and are put to shame, but your servant will be glad. May my accusers be clothed with dishonor. May they be wrapped in their own shame as in a cloak. With my mouth, I will give great thanks to the Lord. I will praise him in the midst of the throne. For he stands at the right hand of the needy one to save him from those who condemn his soul to death. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You know, King David was one of the most interesting men from the Bible. 
His life was never dull. He experienced some of the greatest blessings this life can offer, and yet he also suffered some of the greatest griefs as well. It is no wonder that so many of his psalms, like this psalm, reflect upon his suffering. David recounted in this psalm how he was attacked without cause by people and appealed to God for help. He stated that he had done everything possible to be both loving and to show friendship toward them, but they responded to his acts of kindness with betrayal and accusations of sin. He then called for justice on his enemies. So in Psalm 109, here again, we see David pouring out his heart to God. Only this time, much of his prayer in this psalm is what Bible scholars call imprecatory prayer. Imprecatory means strong language. It makes you wonder, why would David pray such strong prayer against his enemies? Using this psalm, allow me to let you in to some of the emotions and struggles that David was experiencing as he describes those who seek to harm him and others. In verse 2, for example, it said, they tell destructive, wicked, and deceitful lies about David. In verse 3, it says, they say hateful things about David and attack him for no reason. In verse 4, in return for his love, they accuse they slander, they oppose, and they attack him. In verse 5, they return evil for his good and hatred for his love. So no wonder from verse 16 to 15, that's 10 verses, we find some of the strongest imprecatory prayers David made against his enemies. Then he continues to explain again in verse 16 to verse 20. It says, uh, this man showed no mercy. He persecuted and was so cruel to the poor, the homeless, the needy, and the brokenhearted that they died early. He hounded them to their graves. So what David is doing is describing the kind of evil that these people are doing. In verse 17, it says, he loved to curse others. God's word version says, he loved to put curses on others. Verse 18 describes that cursing was his lifestyle. His cursing was a daily part of his life. Like clothes he wears, or the water he drinks, or the oil he puts on his body. And verse 19, of course, is imprecatory. New Living Translation says, Now may his uh, curses return and cling to him like clothing. May, he be tie, may, may they be tied around uh, him like belt. The Message Bible puts it this way. So give him a gift, a costume of curses he can wear every day of the week. And in verse 20, we seem to summarize these imprecatory prayers. In the contemporary English version, it says, Those are the cruel things my enemies wish for me. Let it all happen to them. Easy to read version says, My enemies said these evil things against me, but may those curses be the way the Lord punishes them. Without justifying the strong language of David here, I just wanted you first of all to understand what is going on in the mind and the heart of David. Remember, David do not have the gospel of Jesus Christ like we do today. David only had a sense of the justice of God on him. This is why he prayed this imprecatory prayer. However, in the New Testament, Jesus charges us to have a different attitude 
toward our enemies, one of higher and more selfless than temporal justice. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 5, uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 43, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Remember that when Jesus gave us the two most important commandments, love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. He then said in Matthew 22, verse 40, he said, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. The Good News Bible puts it this way, the whole law of Moses and the teachings of the prophets depend on these two commandments. And the Living Bible added these words, keep only this, meaning these two commandments, and you will find that you are obeying all the others. So here's the lesson for us. There will be moments in our lives where we might experience what David experienced, when we shall be misunderstood and slandered, when our kindness and love is repaid with evil and false accusation, and that we have done nothing even to harm them. For some of you, this might even have happened to you already. In such a case, what will you do? What will you do when this thing happened to you? Remember that your response will either make you a bitter person or a better person? Are you going to act like everyone else, appeal to law or force, or take it to social media? Or we can take our case into a higher court and lay it before our God. Here's two things we can do that I believe is helpful and is full of wisdom. First, we need to resist the temptation to defend ourselves instead Allow God to vindicate us. In Psalm 37, verse 6 of the New International Reader's Version, it says, He will make your godly ways shine like the dawn. He will make your honest life shine like the sun at noon. David knew that his only hope was in the help of the Lord. Consider again David's dependence on the Lord in the last 11 verses. Let me first read verses 21 to 26. But you, O God, my Lord, deal on me, uh, deal on my behalf for your name's sake. He said, deliver me. Verse 22, for I'm poor and needy and my heart is stricken with me. Verse 23, I'm gone like a shadow at evening. I'm shaken off like a locust. Verse 24, my knees are weak through fasting. My body has become gaunt with no fat. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they wag their heads. Verse 26, help me, O Lord my God. Save me according to your steadfast love. You know, God had never failed David. This is exactly the lesson we can take away from Psalms 109. The same God who protected David his entire life is the same God we serve today. Like David, we may be called to suffer great griefs while on this earth, but we can look to God for help. God stands for us as he did for David and save us from the hands of our enemies. Let me now read to you verse 27 to verse 29. Let them know that this is your hand. You, O Lord, have done, have done it. 
Let them curse, but you will bless. They arise and are put to shame, but your servant will be glad. May my accusers be clothed with dishonor. May they be wrapped in their own shame as in a cloak. Although David wished the above punishment, the things, the imprecatory prayers that we just looked at, on those that trouble this life, ultimately, it is God that will be the judge. God, however, uses these wages of sin today as he did in the past. Although there are many today that deceive the people and harm the innocent, they will suffer a significant loss. If they were to read and understand this psalm, they may realize what enormous consequences they are facing unless they repent and turn to the Lord. Every evildoer, be it those at work, those in authority, or in society, that commits such atrocities, especially against God's people, will one day regret it. They will pay a price for their iniquities, and they will wish they had never committed the second lesson for us in Psalm 109 is we need to release ourselves by forgiving those that have wronged us or offended us. We can forgive, as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, For if you forgive others their trespass, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespass. See, the act of forgiveness is not just for the person who wronged us. It's not just for them that wronged us, but also for us. When we forgive someone else, we are released from the bitterness and God continues to freely forgive us. Choosing to forgive doesn't mean that the wrong never happened. It just means you refuse to allow it to control your life anymore because it will torment you. The only one suffering is the owner of the unforgiveness. If we don't forgive, we will effectively lock ourselves in a prison of negative bitterness and hinder our own relationship with God. Lord, we choose to forgive as you have forgiven us. Help us to give this back to you every time it comes up again to us. In reality, we all deserve God's judgment. So any imprecation is not only on our enemies, it is also upon us. And so the final resolution is really the cross of Jesus Christ where such judgment is taken for us. The tension with imprecatory sum is that one day wrongs will be made right, that God's name be vindicated, and right will be upheld, but at the same time, desire the salvation of our enemies. For example, in Psalm 86, verse 16, it says, Utterly disgrace them until there's something redempted. They recognize your power and name, O Lord. Verse 17, Make them failures in everything they do that's imprecatory. Let them be ashamed and terrified until, so that's the redemptive part, they learn that you alone, Jehovah, are the God of, above all gods, in supreme charge of all the earth. So finally, for the last two verses, verse 30 and 31. With my mouth, I will give great thanks to the Lord. I will praise him in the midst of the throng, for he stands at the right hand of the needy one to save him from those who condemn his soul to death.
A final reason is given for God's intervening on David's behalf. Since God is the God of David's praise, He knows that the punishment of David's enemies and the rescue of the psalmist will result in praise. Verse 30 and 31 are David's vow of praise. He will praise God for His deliverance in the midst of the congregation. The basis for his praise is the psalmist's experience of seeing God stand at his right hand to defend. The accusers will finally be silenced when God reveals himself as David's defender. This is an excellent place to conclude this devotion with worship. Like David, no matter what circumstances we go through in life, we commit to give great thanks to the Lord and praise Him in the midst of the assembly of the people. Let's worship Jesus. Peace for my suffering, joy for my weeping, new life is beginning now. Your grace never failing, your love never ending, forever we sing it loud. Peace for my suffering, joy for my weeping, new life is beginning now. Your grace never failing, your love never ending, forever we sing it loud. Peace for my suffering, joy for my weeping, new life is beginning now. Your grace never failing, your love never ending, forever we sing it loud. Peace for my suffering, joy for my weeping, new life is beginning now. Your grace never failing, your love never ending, forever we sing it Father, thank you again for touching our lives in ways we cannot explain. Thank you for revealing your love to us today in a very powerful way. As we end our morning devotion, we ask you, Lord, to continue to be with us this whole day. Bless us, O Lord, with your unfailing love and cause the works of our hands to prosper. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen and amen. God bless you.
Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcast. If you'd like to watch these messages every weekday morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.